Welcome everybody, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this is Talking with TK. Zealand-born and Australian-based, Mark has lived an incredible life. From tough times growing up on the streets of Auckland, New Zealand, Mark has an incredible story of grit and determination, and a change in a man who now sets an example for people around the world. In today's episode, we explore the life and career of Mark Hunt. From humble beginnings to fighting in front of packed stadiums from Japan to America to now back home. We speak about his fight ahead back home on June 11 in Auckland, New Zealand, while we gain insights into his daily routines, training, mindset, and how he transformed his life around. Mark also shares his secret passage he reads before all his fights, all this and much more on Talking with TK. Before we get to Mark, just a big thank you for listening to the show and if you haven't yet please subscribe via itunes and leave us a five-star review if you want to get in touch with me the best way is via email at tristan at talking at tk.com i'd love to hear all your suggestions and feedbacks including people that you'd love to hear interviewed now sit back relax and enjoy the show Mark, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks for having me on board, guys. Appreciate the time. Absolutely, man. So let's just start with the fight. I've seen you on Instagram absolutely sweating it out, heartbreak conditioning. Can you give us a little bit of insights into some of the fight preparation for the big fight ahead, man? Yeah, uh, training is going pretty good. I love coming up to the coast of training. It's only an hour from home, and um, I have to concentrate more on myself. So I've got uh, a few of the guys up with me help me train. A few of them are fighting also, so... Um, training is going pretty well, you know, um, just a couple of injuries here and there, but, um, just had to, uh, change training around that, uh, injuries. Uh, so, but everything's going to plan and I'm looking really, uh, looking forward to, uh, June 11th in Auckland. Awesome. So, with, with, yeah. the, with the fans out there, they always like to get a few insights into, to what your actual everyday kind of day looks like. In terms of you being now 43, how much training are you actually doing on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> Well, now it's uh, it's about five weeks or six weeks up from the fight, and most of it's uh, it's three three days a week of sparring, trying to get up to about five rounds, six rounds of uh, six five minute rounds, uh, rotating guys. So uh, and also just pretty much staying away from from injury. So it's all uh, sparring and cardio stuff. So um, you know, rower uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I just try to keep the body intact. Uh, I've got to train a lot smarter than harder. Being, in, being the outer person in the, in the division, um, so yeah. So I mean, to be to be to be honest, I mean, I train really hard and stuff anyway. But um, you know, the hard work's done when the lights are out. Um, but the real work, you know, when you got to shine is when the lights are on and everyone's watching. Hell yeah! In terms of you, do you do much weight training at all, Mark? Oh well, yeah, we have been doing uh, changing up. You know, that's that's. Uh, 
you know, way before you start uh, doing the fight sort of training. So I try and build a good base with weights and strength. Um, but then we start moving on to um, the fighting specific side of it. So you know, game plans and um, getting those those limbs working, um, getting the, the eyes right for timing and everything. And uh, sort of till the sparring five, six weeks out. Um, and you try to t- taper it off a couple of weeks in and you're going into, you know, you stay away from injuries that way. And you go more onto the game plan and the technical side of breaking down the other fighter. So it's all about um, just getting those lungs in for, for the sparring at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned game plans. In terms of strengths and weaknesses that you see in Derek Lewis, what are you expecting in Auckland, mate? Well, I'm expecting everything and training for everything. But, um, you know, like, like everything else, my game plan is pretty simple. I try to keep it simple and then my coaches do all the, the study on the fire. All my game plan is just to go and knock his teeth out. And that's all I pretty much basically try and do. Um, it's my coach's job to, to teach me how, you know, to, to, to work towards a, a game plan for doing that. So, yeah. Now, you're fighting back in Auckland, New Zealand. Is that the first time that you've actually head, headlined a card in your hometown? I've headlined a few cards in Auckland, but not with UFC. Um, it's been 15 years or something since I fought there. Um, last time I fought there was a K1 bout with, with Peter. And um, I lost that belt, so... But, you know, here we are again. It's where I started my, my fighting. Um, 28 years ago, maybe. Uh, I think I was 16 or something. 17. Uh, you know, now I've come full circle and I'm at the top of the world fighting in the, the biggest organization on the planet. So, you know, go figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an amazing thing. I was actually reading a bit of your book and just doing, obviously, a lot of research online and... Just the way that you actually came into the sport, you know, you were out one night in Auckland and you got into an altercation. Do you ever think much of that night? Do you do you really just look back on that night as the, the make and break thing in your life? Well, to be honest, I don't really, you know, I don't really got time to sit back and reflect on. I just, you know, I mean, the times are changing, so is everyone else, and I'm just moving with the times. Um, you know, like, like people, people that know me know that, I, you know, that I, I did not want to be a prize fighter or a professional fighter for a living. I just feel God put fighting in my life to save my life and save me and the rest of the other misfortunate people that would have had to run into me as a youth. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I um, you know, I'm thankful. So you know, I can share my experiences now with everybody and you know, a lot of helping a lot of other fighters try to achieve their goals. Um, you know, I am the oldest fighter in the world at the moment in the UFC. It's funny that because you know it was his hand over for me that uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he's uh, stepped aside and the old war horse is still going. So you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a strange to sit back and look at it now that, that things have unfolded the way they have. But um, you know, it is what it is, and like everything else in life, you just have to move on. Yeah, deal with it, move on. Yeah. You spoke about kind of that mentoring of the young fighters. Is that something that you see yourself getting into post career in a few years' time? Well, to be honest, I mean, uh, being a, uh, like a pioneer from this side of the world, I mean, a lot of the guys, you know, can can learn a lot from someone like me, especially by, you know, just by the experiences of, you know, and I'm not just talking about fighting, I'm talking about the financial side of it, especially, you know, with your taxes, with everything like that. And that's really an important part of a fighter's life uh, uh, when, when they actually start making some serious money and, and knowing what to do with it. You know, all the footy players, they use... Ex players use them and they, they, you know, they mentor them and help them there to get there. You know, I mean, everyone wants to be the best fighter in the world, but you know, you, you got to have some sort of idea of how to get there. And 
and then and then and then what to do with all the financial side of it. You know, if you actually get start making some money, I mean, I think only maybe five percent of the the fighters that actually try and be fighters, um, you know, know what to do with, with with how to get there in the end and financially set themselves up. To be honest, so it's just the process, and um, yeah, I've had a few lives in the, in the process, and um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty interesting thing. Did you have a mentor on the business side of things? Because I see that your your well, your juggernaut yeah, nah. business is doing quite well too. So I was just going to ask you well, actually if you had some help in that area. Well, juggernaut, no, it's just still I'm still like anything else. It's a process, and then just that's what I'm working on. Like everything else, even like business wise, you know, you have to learn these new things. No one ever told me how to do shit, you know, and that's the problem. You know, I mean. Um, you know, you can be the best fighter in the world, but you know, uh, you know, when the financial side is, work, is not working, you're not going to be working sooner or later too. So um, it's a process, and it's just a process that a lot of fighters that you know they actually make it to the end and uh, make some good coin can help share with others. Yeah, because there's not there's not many at the end of the day that actually make a good living off it. To yeah. be honest, yeah, that's true. It's, it's great that you're giving back. What I really love about your approach to things is. When I first, when you first got asked by the UFC when they took over Pride and they offered you money to walk away, you really backed yourself. Can we just talk about the process? What was going through your mind then, and just well, coming through the process of yeah, backing yourself, man? Well, you know, I'm always backing myself because, like I said, I believe in my heart I'm the best fighter in the world. Where regardless whether I'm winning or losing, I'm always going to feel like that. If I don't back myself, who the who fucking else wants to back you? And uh, with that bit of the story with the UFC, you know, there's a lot more to it than you think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not in my book, and I'm not going. You know, I can't really talk about it. Uh, you know, because you know, legally I'm bound, so you know, I can't talk to you about anything like that process. So that's why it's not in the book. Yeah, definitely. Is is UFC? Can you speak about how many fights you've got left on your contract? Yeah, I think I've got like four fights left for the UFC. You know, I think, uh, yeah, I think I've got about four fights left, I'd say. Uh, I mean, I'm going to try and get three of them out this year, or two of them, or one of them's in about five, six weeks, so which is good. And yeah. have you sat down and kind of made goals? Because I know, obviously, you want to win the, the world championship, but, you know, you're ranked seventh, which isn't too far away from that actual, you know, fight for the championship. Yeah. So, obviously, Derek Lewis is in, in your sights first. Have you kind of had a yeah. look at the rankings and seen who you might have to beat to get to that championship shot? Well, I mean, I don't really sit and look at who's got the beat. I mean, the guy with the title is the one I want to beat. But, I mean, all these guys, there's not really, um, you know, I fought a few of them before. There's, there's not really much in it, the whole lot. You know, some guys that I lost to, they lost to other guys that I beat. It's just depending on the night, to be honest, you know. Um, I mean, there's not much in it at the top end. There's not one champion dominant uh, fighter. You know, I mean, you know, it only takes one strike or one, you know, takedown or anything to, to change the fight and um yeah it's just a, a process of who gets in there first at the end of the day so yeah yeah I'm not really like I said I make short medium and long term plans but you know plans never work out everyone makes plans but uh, you know there was you know life gets in the way a lot of things get in the way and next minute you know something else has happened <laughs> yeah but you know the goal for me of course because I'm still fighting is to get a shot at the title again and um a proper shot of the title, and that's basically it. And I've got uh, four fights to do it, and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, whether it's been my last fight or the second to last, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. When you ever look at your record, man, you've fought pretty much everyone. Like, you, you haven't ducked anyone. You're always looking for the, 
the hardest fights. When you sit down with your management, is that something that you always want? You want the best guys? Well, I like to fight the best guys because, you know, the guys that are, that are above me, you know, if I beat them, it propels me above them. You know, if I fight guys that's... Uh, I only fight... I mean, I get fight. I fight the guys that I, I'm, I've been told to fight. So if you say fight this guy, I'm always saying, yes, okay. But, you know, preferably I'd fight guys that will be higher than me because it helps get me further ahead, you know? Definitely. And out of all, all fights, what do you think was your career defining fight, man? Yeah, to be honest, it was no, you know, for me, to, when people ask me about the fight that defined me, well, you know, the fight I'm having right now is just uh, continuing on fighting after all this time. It's uh, being at my age and being the oldest, I mean, even that's a record in itself. A lot of guys have, uh, you know, five, ten fights and they're done. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the old dog is still going here. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, if I'm still competing with these guys, then why shouldn't I try and still chase their dream, you know? I mean, it's all that is a dream in the end unless you can get there. And, and if I quit now, that makes me, you know, I'm not, not going to be one of these guys sitting in a bar saying, man, I could have got to that, I could have got to that, because no one wants to hear that shit. Yeah, for sure. Is that something you try to reinforce with your own children and all your fans out there, the, the fact that you do have to go out there and chase your dreams? Well, of course. I mean, I'm always trying to chase my dreams. I mean, uh, you know, always backing myself. And uh, uh, I mean, because if you ain't going to do that shit, well, who else is? I mean, if you want something in life, I mean, I, I never got handed anything. I've had to go out there and get that stuff. You know, anything I wanted, I've had to go and work for. You know, so I started going the other way of doing it, going and collecting. You know, illegally. But <laughs> yeah. but now it's you know now I can you know go and you have to go and work for it like everyone else and. You know, pay your taxes and do the right thing in the society. And that's, um, you know, like I always say, negative to a positive. You know, that's just the thing we got in common, me and Derek Lewis. Is we started on a negative and we've changed our lives to be a positive. So and that, that, that alone is something to be, to, to be good about. So. All right. Now, Mark, your strengths and your weaknesses, man. Do you pay more attention to continuing to improve your own, your own strengths or is... Parts of your weaknesses also something that you kind of also have a good look at during fight prep. Well, I mean, I'm always um, um, trying to strengthen everything, so I work on all parts of my game. Um, you know, sometimes you just don't get it right. I mean, the last, you know, sometimes you just get a, you know, you make a bad weight cut and it ruins everything. Um, but that's all my fault. You know, everything all on that side of sort is my fault, but. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I try to strengthen everything. I work at everything, ground, standing. Uh, sometimes it comes together, sometimes it doesn't, you know. I mean, you know, for the last fight, there was nothing wrong with the weight cut. It was only two kilos I had to drop. I mean, the, the fight against Alistair was pretty even. You know, the guy, you know, I mean, regardless of, you know, the fight, I still think he's a cheater. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he got me in that fight, and uh, he just didn't get caught, you know, at the end of the day, but... Um, you know, he's, he can't hide forever. I mean, his skill level, you know, is only active because he's a cheater. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so I don't think any of these guys, you know, that are taking steroids should be up at this level. But, yeah, it is what it is. He got away with it last time, and that's, you know, kudos for that guy. But, you know, not all the time you're going to get away with it, buddy. Yeah, for sure. You just spoke about your weight. I was wanting to ask you, in 2015, you were a vegan. In 2016, you were a vegetarian. Is that right, mate? No, I never. No, I was never a vegetarian or a vegan. I actually just said I wanted to become a vegetarian <laughs> vegan, so 
when I when I finished fighting, I become a vegetarian. I stop eating meat and that. So you know, I, I, not, not once in my career have I ever been a vegan or vegetarian. I've said when I'm done with my career, I, I would I would uh, I would become a vegetarian and stuff. Okay, I thought, I thought so because in the lead up to your fights, I thought you know to get as much protein as possible in, it's going to be pretty hard to be a vegan and vegetarian. So I just wanted to ask you that. Well, protein is for the muscles. I mean, carbs is what drives the body, and you know, all that sort of rubbish. Mark, just taking you back to UK one days, I just want to touch on your rivalry with Jerome Labanna. Was that uh, was that the biggest rivalry in the K ones that you had? I don't know. I don't. Know. See it as a love, but I just think it was, you know, he beat me more times than I beat him. The only difference with us is I beat him at the right times when I needed to win. That's when I stepped up. <laughs> yeah. But there, there was no rivalry, to be honest. I mean, I just, uh, you know, people just uh, just like to see us fighting. And, um, you know, he, I think we fought like four. He beat me three times, and I've only beaten him once. You know, and that's where the difference is. And, uh, you know, the, the, but the difference is that, like I said, I, I beat him when I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> And when you won the 2000, uh, world, sorry, 2001 World Grand Prix Championship, what I wanted to know was what really took you from being just the contender to being the champion? What do you think that, that key ingredient was? To be honest, I, I think it maybe it was God. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think God put the will in him. I mean, I've always, I've always been a, you know, a strong-minded person. I've never really spoken up. Out, um, you know, out loudly about it, but um, you know, my I always used to speak to myself in the mind, you know, and I think my will, my will, and and wanting to, to change the way things were was, was what what happened, you know, because at that stage I was still, you know, mucking around, I was still smoking and drinking, and I stopped smoking for eight weeks and trained hard, and you know, then I, you know, that that year I won the world title. Um, at the end of the day, and yeah, I think that's uh. That's what, uh, you know, what changed for me. I started to take things seriously about training. Because um, I was 26, I think, and, um, and I was working and I was living in Harvard and Manly there, and I was working a you know, full-time uh, laboring job, and I was working and making $300 a week, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't doing anything good. You know, I used to, to dream about winning the secret sound. <laughs> That's on this. That's how desperate I was, but <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't even have a fucking car, mate. You know, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think it's it's what it's what drove me to 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 change things and win. Uh, yeah. You know, take things a lot more seriously. So, is, is spiritual? You just mentioned spirituality. Is that is that a big part of your life now? Well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's what helped me change a lot of things. You know, um, I do. I don't go to church that much anymore, uh, but I do, you know, I try to do the right thing by other people. Um, you know, I've been out preaching, like, um, you know, because I'm a Christian, my family's Christian, you know, a lot of things now, but it's just, you know, I mean, we are all born sinners, there's no doubt about that in my mind, and, yeah, you know, I mean, not none of us are perfect, none of us. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I try to do the right thing and that's the main thing. Guys, I hope you're enjoying this show. Just to give you a bit of a sneak peek into next week's episode with George Cambosis. Yeah, I just want to obviously thank everyone that, that supported me behind me. Um, I get a lot, a lot of messages from so many people around the world. 
Um, that motivational video that's nearly on 2 million views on YouTube has uh, inspired a lot of young kids. So look, young kids out there, um, if, you're, if you're, you know, you've got a goal, chase your goal. You know, don't let no one distract you. Don't let anyone um, tell you different. Chase it. Sometimes you're going to have uh, days where you don't feel like it's going to happen, but um, you've got to stay focused and hungry on, on what you want to achieve. And um, before you know it, you'll be at that level and you will achieve your goal. Guys, check that out next week. In the meantime, before we get back to the show, please remember to subscribe via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. Now back to the show. I just want to give you just a few opinions from you. 15 minutes prior to a fight, what's, what are you doing, Mark? Um, sitting around um, waiting for this uh, fight to start and you know, getting ready uh, to get in the zone. And um, I mean... It's, it's all a matter of waiting game when it comes to the week of the fight and fight week and you know it becomes um, monotonous you know you do the same things as usual talk the same rubbish and then um, you know I like to go to myself I read a couple of uh, quotes that I get into my head about um, that actually reinforce why I do and I'm always telling myself when I get a bit down like with training and stuff you know, I go do the things that uh, bring me back to reality of why I'm still fighting and competing at the top end. Yeah. With, with your you best... Know, I... Sorry, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. I was going to ask, with your best performances, have you found that you were maybe nervous or is it like, do you get do things that you know that you're either going to be in the zone or not in the zone that night? Well, no, I just try and relax. So I like to try and go and, you know, with a, with a clear mind and and do my job, which is, is honestly, you know, at the end of the day. And I mean, I try, like I said, I try to keep things simple um, and not try to stress myself out, out too much. I try to put things like, what I'm going to do is go in there, I'm going to hurt this guy and, and try and hurt this guy. So, and that's it. I've been taught, I've been training all this time and that's it. So that's the process of it at yeah. the end of the day. And do you have any superstitions or anything like that, Mark? No superstitions, no, <laughs> no. All right, just, just in your normal day-to-day, do you have any morning or nightly routines, any non-negotiables that you have to get done in a day? Well, I do pray, um, you know, when I get the chance, I, I pray in the morning, it's a night time sometimes, you know, sitting around. Um, I like doing that. Um, it's not for my benefit, it's for others. Um, I do like reading a few quotes before I go to fight. Um, and just you know, reinforcing my beliefs and my and the reason why I'm still the best fighter in the world and competing at the top end. Try to try to get not any negativity out of my brain. That's it. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. What I like to do in a lot of my interviews is really give you the opportunity to pay tribute to a lot of people in your inner circle. You know that your team that really behind every successful person is always a successful team. For you, Mark, who are those people and what are some of the things that they do for you, man? Well, there's a lot of people, you know. I mean, um, my, my my wife and family, I mean, without them doing what they're doing, I can't go away and work. There's a lot of people here. Uh, you know, I have uh, my, you know, management, um, the guys that have the training. Um, there's a lot of people during my journey that have helped me along the way. You know, I, you got to thank all those guys. Um, you know, a lot of the fans for supporting. You know, the the events. I mean, there's, some, there's a shitload of people you could thank for, for 
for, for fighting and, and that have helped you along your way, to be honest. Um, there's too many to, to name. The, the close people to me know who they are, and as you can get to, you know, into the day who it is, so I can't write out a list, otherwise I'd be here forever. <laughs> And Mark, I see that you've been doing a little bit of work with Danny Green on the, the coward punch. How important yeah. is that to really spread the message of non-violence really in the streets, my man? Yeah, that's important because, you know, um, you know violence on the streets, uh, you know, people try to, you know, say it's the same thing as like fighting in the Arctic or like mixed martial arts board. Yeah, it's not even safe. It's not even close. Uh, I think the, the campaign with Danny Green, it's, it's a good campaign because, I mean, anyone could be a tough guy with a little bit of alcohol, a bit of drugs in them, but um, they don't, what they don't understand is like, uh, you know, the, the people that have to suffer and, and live the rest of their lives without their lost one or that, you know, the, the things that happen with their personal classes or you, you know, if you do that, you have to you know, live with that for the rest of your life and it changes so much easier, you know, it doesn't just change them and their person on the day and it's not just about getting it over one, it's, it's about, you know, they're a brother, they're a sister, you know, they're all, they're, there's a lot of people that are attached to this person that you do king head or whatever the hell the cow's punch is, you know. Um, and it ruins all these people's lives, you know, over what? Over rubbish, over something like, you know, something real, real, real gutless and stupid. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. And you know, they should not associate that sort of rubbish with, with, with actual sport. Yeah, well said. And I think it comes really well from you, considering the background that you came from and the change that well, you've, you've had in life. I think... You've lived it yourself, well, so you know how it works. So it's a great message yeah, from yourself. Yeah, that's why I can and speak about it and elaborate on it because I've been there. That's why I started on, you know, on, on the troubled streets and where I lived all my stupid rubbish. And, and I know it comes from from a, from a negative and scared background. It comes from, you know, it comes from, and, and all it does is just affect others in a, in a negative way. The ones, especially that loses the person. But you know, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good kid. Yeah, definitely. Mark, have you been inspired by Rob Whitaker's recent run of wins? Because he's, he's looking pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, Rob is, um, you know, he's, he's going to be the world champion soon. He's not very far off it. Um, I think he's, he's, Rob, he's just moved out my ways now. He lives out my ways now. So it's, um, his camp is out my ways. Um, I think you know, I really, when I talked to Rob last time, he's on the plane, he's on. Um, it's just a matter of time for that guy, that monster, gets uh, gets that world title. Yeah, he's um he's right up to the best. I mean, he just made uh the the alligator or the crocodile, whatever, look like a fucking little teddy bear. You know, he just schooled him real big time. <laughs> yeah, and he's he was one so, of the best uh, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Rob Robbie's got some uh, big things coming. You know, what he's going to do is just you know, I think he's top two or three. You know, he's the highest. And he's about to be the world champion, so it's just a matter of time, I say, for, for Robbie. So, I mean, it won't be long before he'd be the first to, to be the world UFC champion. So that's amazing, especially for um, for someone as young as Robbie is, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be a huge, um, I mean, it's already huge enough run, but he's only 23 or something like that. Yeah, he's a young bloke. I've uh, I met him so, a couple of times. He's a great, great young young man. And I think it'd be great if Rob Whitaker, middleweight champion of the world, Mark Hunt, heavyweight champion of the world. How's that sound? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm still chasing mine, and Bobby's just, uh, he just has to open the door, which is not very far away, so, you know, I mean, he's going to be the best fighter in the world soon, so it's going to be good news anyway, so, I mean, um, there's always that battle about this and that with him, but, um, 
For sure. Before I let you go, Mark, everyone at home, I want you to start following Mark on Facebook. He's at the real Mark Hunt. Twitter, he's at Mark Hunt 1974. Oh, yeah. Instagram, he's at Mark Hunt Fighter. And you can get all his apparel and fit wear at www.jugnt.com. Now, Mark, just before I let you leave, just for your, all your fans and everyone that follows you and gets inspiration for you. Have you got any words of inspiration that you can leave people that really just chasing your own dreams, my man? This is something that I like to read in a before fights, and I read it to a couple of rugby teams. That is something that inspires me that I like to sit down and read. So it's called The Man in the Arena. So I'll read it to you before I go anyway. So Fantastic. It's something how, something how I try to live my life with and, and why I'm a fighter. And it explains, when I read it, I, I say, this is just what I feel like all the time. So... And especially after a hard day in office or after a loss, a loss. So here we go. It's, uh, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the door of deeds could have done any better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who does who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know the victory nor defeat. So I like reading that before I go to war and battle and I've read it a few times for different other people. So that's what actually inspires me to do work, to keep doing what I'm doing and striving to be the best. Because, you know, I get asked all the time at parties by people who say, Mark, I don't know how you can be a fighter there, how you can do that. But then I say to the mate, I don't know how you can sit in their car for two hours and go to work for someone else and make shit, like, sh- a shitty amount of money. I don't know how mm. you can do that. No, that's not how I want to live my life. I'm not a timid soul person. And, and I'm only just saying that not to try and... You know, to make fun, I'm just saying this is how I like to try and live my life. You know, a lot of other people should live their own lives, not by judging others, but, you know, by trying to achieve their own goals and their own, their own legacy and their own bit of greatness in life. So I'm just, that's how I try to do mine and define myself. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for your time anyway, guys. So. No, Mark, we really appreciate you stopping by and thanks for sharing that passage. Is that something that you just keep in your wallet? Is that something you always keep close to you? Yeah, it's something that I like to read before fights and something I like to read. Like when I feel down, I read that and it brings me back, you know, or doing things that that um, keep me positive. So that's one of my big things that I like to read, especially that uh, something positive about, um, you know, why I strive to do, why I'm doing what I'm doing at my age, you know, why other people should, you know, enjoy their lives and, and not live it, you know, you know, live it on their knees, you know what I mean? You know, like some of my my tattoos says, you know, I would rather die my 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 die my feet than live on my knees. You know, it's just a, it's a you gotta try and do something that changes. If you're not happy, make yourself happy somewhere. <laughs> well said, Mark Hunt. Now, Mark, all, right. all the best for your fight with Derek Lewis. We'll be cheering here from Sydney, man, and hopefully we'll get you back on the podcast to talk about a few other things, man. But I appreciate your all time right. today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah. Mark. Guys, that was Mark Hunt. Next on the show, we've got the rising star of boxing, 
George Cambosis. Be sure to check out that episode, but remember to please share this episode with your family and friends, and please subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in contact with me, I'm at Tristan at TalkingAtTK.com. If you have any feedback for the show or any guest suggestions, please get in touch. Up until next time, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking with TK.